Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, it's live from New York. The show that is exclusively drinking Josh Allen's coffee that I got for you that you didn't like. It's first things first on today's show. Delicious. Rogers topples criticism. Ice water. (laughs) On McAfee's show. (laughs) What chances did the Packers have at toppling the Cowboys? Meanwhile, Pete Carroll takes a none too subtle shot at Mr. Unlimited. Brew, why does Pete Carroll insist on doing it? You know what? I got some words for Pete Carroll (laughs) later. And finally, breaking news. a little great. 30 years running. (laughs) Isaiah Thomas still mad at Michael Jordan alongside Chris Broussard. I'm Kevin Wilds. Nick. The rivalry. Are you taking Isaiah's side of this? Of course. I'm taking the side of righteousness and Isaiah's owed an apology, just like I am, for the fact that you just promoted three things, none of which were the committee's week 10 team. Coming up, 4 o'clock. Coming up. And by the way, the committee, oh, I guess we're going to wait for it. Ooh, good We broke one of our own rules. Uh Uh-oh. Wow. We broke one of our own rules. Coming up in an hour. Uh, Brooklyn Nets broke one of their own rules, too. Made a wise decision. (laughs) (laughs) Made interim coach Jacques Vaughn the head coach. After a week of rumors that Ime Adoka was slated to take the helm, even though he's currently suspended by the Celtics. Vaughn's been with the team since 2016. Was the interim coach post-Kenny Atkinson firing. But the bulk of experience was with the Frisky Magic, where he didn't win a ton of games. Brew, do you like this decision by Brooklyn? It's fine. Oh. It's fine. Okay. All right. Let me just put it this way. On my list of regrets that I have for why I picked the Brooklyn Nets to win the East, this is way down the list. All right. I'm not worried about Jacques Vaughn being the coach. It's right now, no, I don't want your olive branch. They, I they do, can't no, even I hire the coach. I do not want your olive branch. Are you sure? Branch, all right? It's right here. I, they I say will can't say even this. get the no, coach right. Okay. I, I don't have a pick yet. I, I mean, everybody, know. Brooklyn, Kyrie's out, the coach is gone. I, I, I don't even think I need an olive branch to be like, that's not happening. I think it's just. Right, ooh, but you haven't. But you refuse to do that. But that's fine. But anyway, here's the thing. Remember, a decade ago, Jacques Vaughn was like the new hotness, right? Yeah. He, come, he was in San Antonio with Popovich. Yep. He was going to be the next great coach. And then people that saw Orlando, him Yeah, but that Orlando team, it was the year Dwight Howard left or after he left. So it was young. Look, I'm not saying the guy's going to do a great job. I'm just saying the, the number one goal for the Nets right now is not necessarily the whole season, but right now is to, stop is to become, themselves. yes. Become more of a basketball franchise than a soap opera. I agree with you. And Ime Udoku, maybe you hire him next year. Because I think he'll be a great coach again for maybe for the Nets. But next year you can hire him. But yeah. right now. So Jacques Vaughn's Jacques contract Vaughn. is through 2024. Right, but they can fire him. It's like yeah, Bruce point. Goes <laughs> bad. They can right. plan to fire him, which it would obviously will go bad. And not because really? Definitely will go bad. Well, I mean, if the Nets still think they're contenders, this they're not, and so that it will go bad. Listen, I don't know if Jacques going to do a good job here or not. He did a good job coaching them in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie and Kyrie were on that team. They weren't playing, but they were on the team. They could have advocated that he keep the job instead. They advocated for Steve Nash to get the job, and then it seemed like there was maybe some excitement about Udoka getting the job, and now it's Jacques Vaughn's job. Jacques Vaughn, in his career, though, of guys who have coached 200 games, has the fourth-worst record ever. It's Sidney Lowe, Tim Floyd, who took over for the Bulls after Jordan retired, Pippen left, Great Phil left, at Iowa State. and Kurt Rambis, who parlayed that into running the Los Angeles Lakers, like, which is just guys. nice for everyone involved. Uh, here's my question, Wild. Yeah. How are the Nets so bad at everything? They don't. How, how can you not only let it leak, but seemingly intentionally leak? 
that you are hiring a polarizing, let's call it that, head coach in Ime Udoka and deal with all the backlash of that without making sure you can hire him. How do you, this is cartoonish, and that's an insult to cartoons. Like, there's not, there's, how do you let it leak? Seemingly strategically leak it right. the mo- within see. hours after that Nash is fired that you're going to hire this guy and then let it fester for a week as a sub-controversy to your steaming, flaming pile controversy mm-hmm. and then be like, ah, we'll just go with the interim guy. In fact, we'll give him a two-year deal. And I got one other question that I want to run by you. Is it on the board that one of the reasons they fired Nash when they did was because they were like, we can get Ime Udoka. If they knew they couldn't get Ime Udoka or they weren't going to, would they have? Fi- were they rushing to make Jacques Vaughn the head coach, or would they? It's just I'm not saying Jacques won't yeah, do a good Nash job. Nash was the right move, regardless. I, I thought the, the I agree with was. you on that, but I'm that's what I thought. That's what you thought. I'm saying within the Nets organization, they decided to weather the storm with Nash when Kevin Durant asked them to fire him and said he wanted to be traded. They then gave it seven games, seemingly because they thought they were going to hire Udoka, and now they're hiring a guy who's been the interim before Nash was there. I mean, it makes zero sense. <laughs> and Mark Stein reported that strong voices within the league t- said, hey, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys can't run your own franchise, so let us step in and give you some strongly worded advice. Don't do Good this. advice from the league. Well, yeah, but right. it's also advice that pretty much anybody could have given them. Anyone could see, like, hey, one team suspended their coach. Don't hire him after a week. Just, just let's use our heads. Here's my thing, Brew. This has been a consistent pattern of not quite knowing which direction to go in. I'll just run you through the litany of things. Kyrie can't play until he's vaccinated. You know what? Kyrie can play. We changed our mind. We want Harden. Harden's the answer. You know what? We don't want Harden. You know who we want? Well, he forced them. He, he sure. forced them. Yeah, but, you know, but now, we're go- now we have Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is going to help us in the playoffs. Wrong? Ben Simmons needs a, debil- has a debilitating back injury. We got to get him. We're not firing Steve Nash. We are going to fire Steve Nash. We saw enough after seven games. And now we're going to – Adoka is going to be our coach. Nope, we're not. According to Sean Marks here, and I can't make this up, and he, he makes it so easy for us. So easy. Here's what Sean Mark said. Uh, Jacques' basketball acumen, competitiveness, and intimate knowledge of our team and organization make him the clear-cut <laughs> best person to lead our group moving forward. Clear-cut, bro. All that Ime Adoka stuff, I don't know where that came from. He's clearly cut. He's also been with the organization for six years. <laughs> so if it was clear-cut, there was no reason for any rumor to be out there whatsoever. No, you're right. Look, the, what this tells you, how is Sean Marks still there? Oh, because gosh. all that you don't guys have started. said, the guy that's been running the whole thing is Sean Marks. And look, I, I'm, and I think even you guys would agree with this. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving – what, four years ago, mm-hmm. tell you we're coming to your team. Does someone reject it? Right. No. no. And so they didn't go there because of Sean Marks. They went there because they just wanted to go wherever they wanted, and yep. he had to accept it. And ever since then, they've been running the show. Last year, they did go about – Kind of re, you know, retaking mm-hmm. control of the franchise, not trading Durant, yeah. not giving in the Kyrie oh, contract sure. demands yeah. this summer, and then getting rid of Nash. Now we're gonna talk about, I think, what the next step is, right. and then right. maybe they're okay. running a real to, franchise. A story in the Post today that Kyrie was openly defying Steve Nash. One game, a scout said he saw them like, you know, freestyle on some plays, lightly sourced. And also, I don't think defying is <laughs> the fair term because. What's, Kyrie and Nash were both the coach. Good point. So when one guy calls a well, play and the other guy doesn't, they're, they're both call. the coach. Like, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's like the <laughs> battle of New York tonight. Knicks go to Barclays. Yeah. You'll be there. I'll be there, of course. Do you think the Nets are better off without Kyrie? Oh. All right, Brew, let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's. I know <laughs> this is your beloved team. And I know even though you are not full-on hypnotized no. by Kyrie's skill the way some are, Kevin Durant. There's is Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, a lot of the You're media. Right. It is a, a lot of the people. Are, you yeah, know, it, it is a lot and of And by guys. the way, our, right. uh, the, uh, our dear friend, who we both have immense respect for, 
Stephen A flirted with picking Kyrie to win league MVP oh, this yeah, year. He did. Like there's and I'm not taking any shots there. I'm saying right. a lot. So you're not hypnotized right. by his skill. But you occasionally daydream about it. He can ball. You occasionally he can ball. Every once in a while. Am I wrong? So <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. There he go. can ball. So every once in a while. Can we please admit? And it is not because of three games, it is because of three years. That Kyrie Irving is not part of a winning basketball team when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. It is not just the defense, but on the defensive note, before Kyrie's suspension, they had the number 30 defense in basketball. Yes, there are 30 teams. They were allowing 116 per game, and the fewest points they had allowed in the game was 105. In the three games without him, it is 86, 94, and 96. 92 points per game. That would be the best defense. No, in they knocking cats up. And they're 2 and 1, and we're a possession or two away from being 3 and 0 oh with a win over Luka. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to concede that for one reason or another, the Nets are better off without Kyrie Irving? Not quite yet. <laughs> well, now, first, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. Yeah. If the Nets cut, because it sounds like you're suggesting they cut Kyrie. Well, I think they could probably do something similar. I'm not advocating for the Russ for Kyrie trade, but a similar trade the Lakers were trying to do with Russ, which is trade a team that wants to get off some contracts because Kyrie's an expiring deal. And, and, they, and, and, then, and that team can then decide to either keep him or just buy him out. Because okay. like, as an expiring, for whatever you could do with Russ, you could do with Kyrie. Right. They have that's, different that's issues fair. for different reasons. So I don't think you'd have to necessarily. But if the three doors are cut him, Trade him for role players on mediocre or bad contracts to add depth, or keep it as is. I think keep it as is is their worst option, assuming he's reinstated. Obviously, ever since Kyrie made a a horrible decision to demand a trade from LeBron, it's gone badly. All right, In, in Boston. Started out well, right? 22 and 4, I think they started out really playing well. And then from there, he got hurt, and they ended up being better without him. Yep. Obviously, Brooklyn's been a hor- just a horrible situation. But here's what I would do if I were to run in the Nets. I'm watching us. They, like you said, the defense is much better. The offense looks better, too. More ball movement. Yeah, everybody's not scoring involved. as much. Not but right. It, but it, it, but it the eye like, test, it looks like a real team. Yes. It doesn't yes. look like just guys who came together and started and playing. And the spirit up. looks better. 100%. The camaraderie. I mean, they just, they just do. All right? They, everything looks better. What I would do if Kyrie ends up, I don't, we'll even be back in five games, two more games, yeah. right? If he takes care of everything he needs to and he's back, handles the press conference well. That's the first step, right? He's got to handle that press conference well. I would, I'm watching everything. I'm watching the camaraderie, the ball movement, the defense. They're looking better without Kyrie. When he gets back, I, first of all, if I'm Jacques Vaughn, I coach him. And if you're not following the game plan, I'm pulling you out. I'm, I mean, I'm really coaching. I'm not like, oh, that's the superstar. Let him do what he wants. Yeah. I'm pulling you out if you're not running the game plan, if you're not sharing the ball, whatever. All right? That's number one. And then if I see that our spirit goes south again, if we're performing terribly again, then I, I was thinking I'd cut him, but you make a great point. Let me see it because I think he's virtually untradeable, but maybe a team right. looking to get that off That Pacers deal might work for the Nets too. Yeah, maybe, I mean, right. who knows? I mean, so I would look at that, but I, I, I'm with you in that I would look at moving on from it. But I'll give him a shot first because I've invested so much money into him, mm-hmm. and I'm paying him $37 million right now, so I would give it one more shot. Okay, one more shot. Knicks Nets tonight. You'll be there I'll rooting be there. for who? What rooting for who? I don't. I don't rooting I'm for disaster. <laughs> That's what he's rooting for. Observer. Okay. But he's no, I'm really excited. I, to be so honest, come on here and have a good I'm show. excited. I haven't seen Donovan Mitchell in. Oh, sorry. You know what? That was unfair. Don't. I have a team three. Sorry, I gotta wait for the Cavs to come to town. Tom Brady talking about the Bucks effort next. First things first. Nick's rooting for chaos tonight. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the show. Greg Jennings here with us. Tom Brady still trying to figure out how to get the Bucks back on track. One thing he's focused on, effort. Take a listen. I think too much of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad leaves you average. And no one's trying to be average. If you want to be a great team, you got to be way better than average. So correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which that's probably the most embarrassing part of our team is our effort level um, on game day. And that's something we better fix. Something, Greg. You okay with that? I am okay with it. I'm okay with it because he's Tom Brady. Look, he's, he's the epitome of effort and commitment. And I know a lot of people will question his commitment this year, but you can't put that into question. When he's present, you know you're going to get 100%. Everybody in that locker room, everybody in that building knows I'm going to get everything he has. And the, shoot, the writing's on the wall. He's, he will give up almost everything for it. And so for me, when you have a guy that leads you in that way, you have to match or try your best to match his intensity. He's not, a, he's not talking about performance. He's talking about something that we all can control, effort. Like when you are out there, give me everything that you have. And I think they did, they are, they, this is a team that once they won, that was it. Franchise that hadn't took won. Took their foot off the gas? It, foot off the gas. They, there's no more drive. There's no more hunger. No one in that locker room is salivating to get a win or get a championship. Mm. Tom Brady made a living off of being able to reboot right. and recalibrate alongside with a coach who was in the alignment of the same. Like, they were on the same tracks at all times. So, I have no problem with Tom Brady saying this. I'm with you. I think earlier in the year, people would have questioned it when he took the 11-day, you know, hiatus from training camp, when he went to Robert Kraft's wedding. But he's shown us he's all in. He he might be too all in. If this indeed is what caused him his marriage, he's too all in. Correct. But he's all in, all right? He's focused on nothing more than football, and I think it was fine for him to say it. Warren Sapp said it. Uh, we could, and show Devin White so, lollygagging on the field. So here's my only question, because the, and, and maybe it's a foolish one, but when he – the only pause I have is the quarterback talking about effort, and that's for any team, because that's the one position – where it's almost like impossible not to give effort? Because effort usually means, like, are you hustling at all times? Are you finishing every play? The quarterback's, like, in a separate category, right? Like, what would it look like if a quarterback is not giving effort? I can't even conceptualize it. I also have a bit of a hard time conceptualizing what he means for anyone on offense. I guess it could be receivers running lazy routes, but it feels to me like when we talk about effort in football, it's usually defensive players. It's usually we're talking about are you pursuing? Are you playing to the end of the whistle? Like, is a running back when he gets the ball not trying to know? Of course he is. Line blocking. But pass correct. blocking. Pass blocking. So Absolutely. receivers blocking. blocking so the, blocking. But it is a criticism that whether it's mostly on the defense or if it's on both sides of the ball, I think he is, cert- he is exempt from it. Nobody thinks, like, sometimes when if, if, if he were to upset in this, we need to execute better. Our yeah. execution's been the worst part of the team. That could be him talking about everyone, including himself. When he says our effort has been the most embarrassing part of the team, that feels like, and I'm not, he is Tom Brady, so he does get more dispensation than any quarterback in the league. But I don't think anyone in the locker room feels like he's including himself in that criticism. Does that make so sense? You, like, because so I don't even know what it I looks like for a quarterback player, to not be giving effort. Greg, I don't think players would look at it that way. But do you? Yeah, no, I, I've never looked at it that way. But you bring up a great point. I can't quantify his effort. Effort as a like, quarterback. I, I yeah. can't, I it's can't, usually like prep. I can't put a number on what that effort yeah. looks like or put it on a scale. But what I can say is when, when I hear Tom Brady talk about effort, I hear him saying, like, you're pri- like play with pride. Play with a sense right. of integrity. Hmm. Like, and I don't see that out of my, t- my guys anymore. And, and it, I, Look, I think some of this is on Ty Bowles. I think that's the type of statement Ty Bowles needs to make. And maybe Brady sees he's not making that statement, so I got to go out and do it. I mean, t- I, I got to be honest. I don't think they would be this bad under Bruce Aarons. I don't think they'd be. I don't think the effort would be a problem. He had no problem calling guys out, including that's, Tom Brady. That's what I think right? is the Bowles biggest is, difference. Yes. I don't think Todd Bowles doesn't call anyone no. out. He, he not singularly. Yeah. We we saw and witnessed Bruce Arians call, call out, out Tom Brady. Yep. Call out anybody. Like, 
He got to be better. He can't throw that interception. Right. He got to get rid of the ball. He challenged him. I, and I know I've been in the locker room. I understand how it goes. You know, your coach kind of lets you know, gives you a heads up. Look, I'm going to come at you today. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you because I need to put you on the, the cutting mm-hmm. block right now in front of the team. You don't know what he's going to say, but at least he gave me a heads right, up. Right. Once he says it, the team has your undivided attention now as a head coach. Okay. I don't think Todd Bowles does that. Hmm. All right. Well, the Bucks will need all their effort as they go to Germany to face the Seahawks. Pete Carroll was praising how the offense had been running smoothly thanks to Gino in his wristband. If you notice, Gino's going off the wristband, and that's a big help. Everything going okay with this quote so far. It smoothed things out, sped things up, cleaned things up. We never did that before. There was resistance to that. So we didn't do that before. Well, it got to Russell Wilson who responded. Yeah, Russ. Um, but I, I think, you know, won a lot of games there without one on the wrist. Put it, you know, and uh, I didn't know uh, winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. <laughs> Bro. Bro, both of these guys just keep on talking about each other. Russ plays for the Broncos, dude. Well, he's so got to stop talking about his Seahawks. Well, tenure. Pete Carroll started. <laughs> no. But I'm going to say this. He said there was no, there was resistance to that before. You know what else there was resistance to before? Winning a Super Bowl. Oh, How about that? Russell Wilson is exactly right. When he says we won a lot of games, Pete Carroll was nothing special at the NFL level before he teamed up with Russell Wilson. And look, he's getting the last laugh right now, but it's only halfway through the season. He's made Geno Smith he look great. He's an MVP so candidate, yeah. some, according to some people. According but anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, look, Russ, they won their only Super Bowl yes, in franchise he was history. Good a very and he lead them to, led them to the playoffs eight out of ten years. Yeah. A run that that franchise has of never course. had. It was great. Kicking him when he's down. Everybody's kicking well, him when he's down. that's why it's interesting. That's fine. Okay, so, so there were two, there's two interesting parts of this. One is that Russell Wilson quote was fascinating because he was rattled. Russ is – I don't know if we can play it again, but if you guys – if you have a chance to go watch it again on your own, he – let just play, think about how you've seen Russ do right. every press conference he's ever done, every statement he's ever done, and how it's he knows what he mm-hmm. wants to say, he knows what message. Pop. I'm sure he was caught off guard by you this. Want to play it again? And now he and now now watch how he responds to it. Um, but I, I think you know won a lot of games there without one on the wrist. Put you know, and uh, I didn't know uh, winning or losing mattered if you wore a wristband or not. That he's uncomfortable. That's and, rare. And, 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 and by the way, and this is where I will, I guess, defend Russell Wilson. Wow. I don't blame him for being uncomfortable because this is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. How much his coach and former teammates, who he did win a Super Bowl with and come this close to winning another one with, seem to still yeah. dislike him. Yeah. They, Actively want that that Gino quote. There was no reason. It was someone. You're on your second marriage and things are going amazingly. And someone asks you about your wife, and then at the very end of it, you're like, as opposed to my ex, who was a pain in the like what? Like <laughs> wow, that must have really been an ugly divorce, fellas. Like I, he, that is Pete Carroll, not. You know, Richard Sherman flying off the handle. That is Pete Carroll in a a time to praise Geno Smith just adding a shot at Russell Wilson. Like, it is it's somewhat baffling how much those guys really must have disliked him. Well, I'm I'm not going to say they all disliked him. I think they just didn't like the treatment. Or but Pete was the, the one giving him the treatment. I'm talking from a player oh, okay. perspective. Yeah. So the, the treatment what, that he was giving. So this? when you when you lose and everybody wanted you to let Russ cook, I was included. Let mm-hmm. Russ cook. Let Russ cook. He wanted to do it his way. Russ, the reason why you say something like this about uh, a wristband is because one of the narratives that go along with a wristband is. He's not, really, he's not really ready. He doesn't really understand the totality of the playbook. He can't really run it by himself. It's like a cheat you know, sheet. It's, it's like a yeah. cheat sheet almost, like cliff notes. Like I need him for, to take every test. Russell Wilson 
is not the quarterback you think of that needs something like that. When you think of elite quarterbacks, you don't think about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady looking well, Tom at a Brady. Does have, he does, which and is it, interesting. To, right? the, to my point, because it smooths things out, it allows them to if think quicker. If you remove quicker. your ego from and it, there's now no reason that's not where to. I'm headed. There's no that's, downside to it because you can is, just ignore it if you wanted to. That is why yeah. Pete Carroll mentioned it it's because there is a lot of ego that had to be removed, and Russ carried a lot of ego. We're seeing it. All I know is they didn't win a Super Bowl okay. until Russell no, Wilson true. got there. Oh, no, nobody likes the <laughs> but guy. Nobody likes. It's really weird. Well, look, the goal is to win and to make money to provide for your family. Sure, oh, my that, goodness. That's we really got deep sure. there. I I'm know just that. Saying, but, like, but, I mean, we know, but but, but also it, have some people like you. Yeah, I mean, but, it's not can that. Can we agree he's not a bad guy? Maybe everybody no, thinks he's a bad guy, like Nick. Said. I'm just saying it's fascinating. Maybe it's cool. what I and the the only thing that I can come up with is this. We know that the defensive guys started to resent him because he was. They, they thought he got special treatment from yep. Pete, mm-hmm. and he got a disproportionate amount of the credit. Yep. I would imagine Pete feels particularly betrayed by the fact that mm. he he some of those defensive guys, which is what his bread and butter. He's a defensive coach, defensive right. backs coach yep. at his core, soured on Pete. Because of his protection of Russell Wilson, and then Russell Wilson said, "I will. I got to get out of here. I'll see you later. Right. This ain't <laughs> working." So it's like, hold on, I lost the Legion of Boom in service of you, and now you leave, and now, you know. Now Gino just looks at the wristband, and says, "Wrote me off, ain't right back," and just throws touchdown. <laughs> just looks at the wristband. Hey, so they brought back touchdown. Take Gosh. a rest this weekend against the Vikings. We'll talk about it. First things first. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sean McDermott gave us a press conference where he delivered the answers and the question right. on Josh Allen's injury. Take a listen. Certainly respect you guys. I'll have a job to do. Um, so I'll give you what I've got on Josh is uh, uh, he's day-to-day, and the next question will be, is he going to play? And the answer is, we'll see. Um, so based on the medical report that, that we have, uh, Josh is day-to-day. Mm, I don't like it. You don't like what? I don't like Josh. I don't like being day to day. If you're Josh Allen, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. You don't want your quarterback hurt. Uh-uh. The, so should he not play? I, I mean, he if he if he's health, if he can play, he has to play. You can't you you can't live for, for precautionary reasons rest Josh Allen. Okay. Try and win Super Bowl. Okay. And Super Bowl on Sunday? We no, get to but Arizona. The, guess no. <laughs> so you're saying they should? The, no, play. but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Bills. Are six and two. There are two teams in the division with six wins, and both of those teams have already beaten them. They are the only team in that division with two divisional losses. They are not a team that right now is likely to to be to win any tiebreakers in the AFC East. They are going to need to have the clear-cut best record. They are playing the Vikings, which is, while I do not think is a Super Bowl team, is clearly a good to very good team. The idea that you can just punt on a game by resting the guy who is 90% of your offense against a good team because he's banged up is crazy. Now, if he's too hurt to play, then he's too hurt to play. But if you're talking about no, he could go, but we're going to hold him out for an extra week? That's insane. Yeah, I, that, I, I completely disagree. If, if, he has, if he's at risk of right. being further injured or injured, injuring himself to where it eliminates him from even playing down the road, you do not take that chance. You don't put him out there. It's too early in the season. You have too much room left too many games left to where you put him out there and i understand what you're saying as far as you're punting on this they're not punting on the season no on the I, game i said you'd be punting or on, the on, game. I'm sorry, on the game i understand that but against the vikings who can get after the quarterback who can apply pressure yeah. you he josh allen you have to protect him from himself 
Right. Like, he's not going to go back there and just stand in the pocket and then just get the ball. Why not? Get rid of the ball. Why not? Tell him to. What are you talking he's about? He's not that type of quarterback. That's he's not who he is. He's going to run. That's not who he is. We, guys. We, we've seen him in action. Hold he's on. going so, to scramble. He's going to get outside the pocket. He's going to use his legs. That's so, just what he does. On. So, Josh Allen, the best quarterback in football, the MVP, the MVP, the guy who's going to win the Super wow. Bowl, QB1 in the NFL. That guy can't be told you're not allowed to run this game? It's three step drops and get the ball out. You're gonna play on instinct. You gotta let him play on instinct. Now look, that's what I, here's that's what where wild I like football with players do. I, I'm with Greg. If they say, look, if you go out there and play, you could make it worse just by playing, well, just then, by throwing yeah, it well, then several course. times, then you don't and yeah, I'm not talking about getting the hit there. Clear him. I'm talking about you you can play, but you can make it worse just by throwing the football, then sit him out. Here's where I disagree with you, Nick. Okay, they don't. I, they should want to win the division, of course. You think? But the, they're going to make the playoffs, whether they win the AFC East or not. The priority has to be down the line, making sure Josh is healthy. The priority has to be to make sure they don't have to what, go to Arrowhead. What's better? No, no, no. What's what's the the priority is be healthy with Josh Allen, even if it means we're a wild card. We can go. They've proven they can go to Arrowhead and win. Not they the won there the last. No, they haven't. They've done it the last two regular seasons. Yeah, they'll be fine. I'm sure they'd rather have Josh healthy in Arrowhead versus a little bit banged up in okay, Buffalo. Okay, I guess my point is, Wilds, that everyone is going to be banged up to different degrees over the course of the season. The the reason the buy is so incredibly valuable is because your entire team and your quarterback That's gets a point. week off right before you start playing single elimination games. If you start fooling around, now I agree with you. If the doctors say even without getting hit you could wreck your elbow, then I would think the doctors would say we're not clearing you to play. Like that, I of course wouldn't play if they're like just throwing the football. You could pop the ligament, then he should not play. But if it's like no, 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 you can play, but we want to be extra cautious. We're going to keep you out. That that, that is insane for a team, in my opinion that has never been able to have the playoffs go through their stadium. And right now, to the point you were making earlier this week, this moment, they're the one seed. You can't just punt on that. You okay, so you're not necessarily punting on it. We saw Cooper Rush come in and win plenty of games. We saw Taylor Heineke win a game. Right. Like, your backups back can, might be able to win. Would you do it if it was Mahomes? If Mahomes had had a, a sprained elbow, there's no argument. That's what they're saying. That it's that elbow. there's no chance it gets better. Like here's an idea, uh, you know, throw the ball 70 yards and have guys hit your elbow with a helmet. There's zero chance it's going to be better. So if it was Mahomes that had a well, similar it, it, injury, Mahomes would you had, the- Mahomes had. His kneecap dislocated. He was carted off the field. He missed the rest of that game and the next two. They said it was a four to six week injury. He came back as soon as possible. And they went on a winning streak. They got home field, and they won the Super Bowl. So, like, I – in fact, by the way, they didn't get home field, but they, they ended up playing all home playoff games because the Ravens lost. Yeah. But they, they, they won the Super Bowl. I just – I think that you the, the idea that the Bills are in a position – they don't have some giant lead, and they don't have, in my opinion, the situation Dallas has where they are likely to be able to win with a backup quarterback when they don't have a running game and when they, they, their team is built, their defense is incredibly banged up, and their team is built around Josh Allen, and they're playing an excellent team. Like, I, I don't know. I think it'd be crazy to just rest him. All right, so whether or not Josh Allen plays, we'll see. Meanwhile, 7-1 Vikings where Josh Allen may or may not play. Uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox. This line has shrunk down to four. It's at three and a half in some places. Jordan Hicks said this. It's a great opportunity for us. That's what you play this game for, to prove to yourself and to prove to the world that you're for real. Now, Greg, you're one of the few people on planet Earth that believed in the Vikings (laughs) before the season started. So if the Vikings pull this game out, and we've kind of at a fork in the road, you have a sort of like you beat a Josh Allen Bills or you beat a Let's say they beat Josh the Bills Allen. with Josh Allen. Sure. Ask yeah, the, do you think that. that we all need to start talking about the Vikings as Super Bowl contenders? I don't want playoffs. I don't want like a scary team. I'm talking about like straight up, like they can win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I don't think they have to beat the Bills to do that. Ooh. You already think twist. of them as a Super Bowl I already Bowl think of them and consider them as a Super Bowl contender. Do you look at what they what they've been able to do? And I know you're gonna I'm gonna rob Parker, you rule. You're gonna poo-poo what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I but am when you, when you think about what they've done, they've lost to 
the best team in football. Well, they've lost to the team. They've lost to the best team in football. When we say undefeated, you're the best team in your game. Period. The Philadelphia Eagles on their own turf, they they beat or they beat the Vikings. The Vikings lost to them. And we sat right here after watching that game and said the Vikings gave them that game. The Vikings beat themselves. This is a good football team that we question, and the one reason why we question them is because of the guy who's under center. Yeah. That is the one reason why we question them. But you know what this team has done? They continue to add pieces. They continue to support. When you question somebody that's throwing the football, what do you do? You put guys around them, and that's what they've done. I thought what they did was make sure they had a lot of 1 o'clock games. They, <laughs> I, I thought that's the thing they've you done. You protect them anyway, <laughs> by any means necessary. Right, here's the thing. It, it, look, Kirk Cousins statistically is having his worst season in years, since he, really since he got to Minnesota five years ago. But beyond, they're not a top-10 defense. They're not a top-10 offense. Overall, they're not in the top-10. And they have yet to beat – a team with a winning record. You, you want to throw in Miami? No. Tua didn't play. Right. They beat okay, Miami, two, but, but Miami, Tua, but Tua wasn't They there. can't win without Tua. I That's why he's their offensive MVP. Can't the you can't they make beat the one team with four wins. Like, I'm no. sorry. I get the schedule. And they're all one score. So right. that's the other thing. They, they needed oh, late, late field goals, late touchdowns no. here we go. to oh, beat God. half the team here they beat. New Orleans, score. late no, field that's, goals. That's all the, what Bruce saying is absolutely correct. I, thank you. you. It's not college football in that your record is what determines your playoff seating, and it's purely on record. But record is not we, – we, on these shows – what is the point of these shows if it's that if we just have to say the Vikings are better than the Niners? You guys beat the one Titans. team seven in one overtime. Team Malik Willis and no, we thank had a parade. You. Thank you, like, thank you, Wilds. Thank you, Wilds. Banner. I know. <laughs> thank you, Wilds. Because if this were if this were your beloved Chiefs, record would matter if, if they the, were undefeated. If the, the Vikings aren't undefeated, and if the Chiefs had Kirk Cousins as quarterback, I'd jump off this building. Yeah. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coming up in 14 minutes, the best segment in sports media. Then on Thursday, the most motivating, with an asterisk, <laughs> segment in all of sports. It's the Bud List. But <laughs> Thank like, you, Wild. You know, it's like not that. an indictment. Thank it's an inspiration. That's right. That's but sometimes right. just gave a big thumbs up during Wild's read. He's not even on camera. <laughs> He's excited. Was so happy with I'm that. all about motivation. <laughs> I was Bruce trying to motivate Time you. Time now for afternoon headlines brought to you by Alka-Seltzer Plus for amazing fast cold and flu relief. Teams that need a little relief. Oh, the Packers. Rodgers on McAfee after losing five in a row. Here's what he said about a specific criticism on his interceptions. I don't give a poop. What any of these experts say on TV, I appreciate the experts, uh, for somebody to play armchair quarterback who doesn't know what the heck play we're running or what's going on, that's fine. I don't really give a poop, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's Aaron Rodgers. And he's right. And before you even get to the question, he's right. About what? We don't. Maybe they were running the throw the ball if the defensive line was on the play. <laughs> See? I don't know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not in the meeting. Maybe Bakhtiari well, is supposed to come I'm back. I'm not in the meeting. Come back to get that pass. My apologies, but go ahead, Wild. Sorry. Look, I'm going to say this. I, I don't know if people expect me to come on here and kill Aaron Rodgers for this quote. He's right. I, he shouldn't care. If I was in his position, I would have said the same exact thing without the curse words. I mean, really, like. Should he care what we or other people on television say? I, I, I think this was the right thing for Aaron Rodgers to say. The only problem with that is we all know that he does care. Okay, that's fine. Ah, He's I, always I cared. It's one of those things that you, you know he cares when it comes up. It resurfaces itself later down the road. If the Packers somehow turn this season around, and it's, he, he tries to get out in front of everything, I, I, I know the tactics. I've been around them for, for a long time. But in the press conference, you know, everybody's going to write us off. The next press conference, I'm sure we're going to be extreme underdogs now. Like, right. duh. Right. 
Like we all know that you obviously care because we're going to be saying it. And so the fact that he says he doesn't care, you listen to it. It's always been something that has fueled him. He's used it. He will throw it right back in your face the moment you say something when they have success. So he does care. So can I, I want to turn the car in a slightly different direction, mm-hmm. but keep it on Aaron Rodgers. Because as I was, you know, each morning I wake up, get a cup of coffee, walk my daughter to the bus stop. And walk my dog around the block. While I walk my dog, I watch the Carton Show on the Fox Sports app. And I saw Greg Jennings on there today, and he was talking about the time at which the Packers turned to Jordan Love. Where they're like, okay, if they lose enough games, you got to see what you have in Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I don't put words in your mouth. You talk about if they lose you know, two of their next three or three in a row, you got to put Jordan Absolutely. Love on the field. Season's lost. Which then leads to, say Jordan plays well, like, oh, could they trade Aaron Rodgers? And this summer, there was, or this offseason, I think there were a dozen teams that would have moved mountains if Aaron Rodgers were available. We know D- Denver hired his, his buddy he plays darts with, right. Nat Hackett, to be their head coach. They wanted him so bad. I think San Francisco would have done anything for him. New Orleans, who foolishly thought they could win. I, Tennessee, Cleveland, who ended up getting Deshaun Watson. Pittsburgh, we were talking about Tomlin winking at him, all these teams, right? If the Packers were to want to move on from Aaron Rodgers after this year, the list of teams that would even call, I think, is three teams long. Hmm. Because you would have to, because he signed a new deal, so you'd have to be able to afford him. I don't think any bad teams would want to sign up for it. I think they're seeing Aaron Rodgers on a bad team right now. It's not fun for anybody. You'd have to think you're close. You'd have to have the cap space, and you'd have to think he'd be a, you'd deal with all of the, Stuff that goes with having Aaron Rodgers. I think the Patriots would be on that list. We talked about them with Brady. I think the Patriots on that list. Like, oh, it's like a big competition. Who wants to come back to the? I think (laughs) the Giants are on that list. That that okay. And I I think the most fascinating one is the Raiders are on that list. Him and Devontae reunion there. I think it's three teams long that would give up a legitimate draft asset. To try to go get Aaron Rodgers. I do not think at $50 million, with this level of play, a guy that's about to be 39 years old, would be the hot commodity this offseason if he were available. Let me ask you this. Now, San Francisco, I don't know it, it, the money and all that. That's what obviously complicates things. He's supposed to make $50 million mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. or something like that. But don't you uh, – Kyle Shanahan is dying to win a Super Bowl. And obviously all coaches want to win – but that, he's got to win a Super Bowl. And he but they, can't do it with Jimmy G. Right, exactly right. He okay. knows that. I mean, uh, but I don't, <laughs> all I'll, I'm going to say that. I'll say Aaron Rodgers is better than Jimmy right. G. I don't, you don't Sam, think they will well, listen, they, The cap is a huge part of it with them, and they don't have any of their picks left. And you'd have to give up something. You know what I mean? San Francisco traded. They, they, they're out the Trey Lance and now also the Christian McCaffrey picks. They got some I of think the that, picks. But do yeah, I think that, they, that Rodgers, they'd rather have Rodgers next year than Jimmy G, who they'd have to re-sign, or Trey Lance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. And they'll have future picks because I don't sure. want Aaron Rodgers to be there when I want the pick no, if oh, I'm Green Bay. Okay, you know sure, what I mean? Because then they'll be pretty good. All right, we'll talk about this weekend's game. Dallas Cowboys headed into Lambeau. Now the Cowboys, 6-2. and two. Feeling pretty good. Packers, as we've stated, lost five in a row. Greg, are you giving your Packers any chance to beat the mighty Cowboys? Nope. Wow. If you've lost Greg Jennings. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, and, and the reason why, the, the Cowboys are a really good team. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they're just starting to hit their stride even offensively. Defensively, we know who they are. But then you add on top of that, Mike McCarthy's coming back. Oh. So what does that mean? He, what does that mean? That means yeah, he's Cole in Carter? that. No, no, no. He's in that locker room, and if he's if is he if he's anything like me, guys, I need this one. Look, oh, I, that's good. Look, I know we're, 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 we got something special going on, but I need this one. This one means a little bit more to me. And I know Mike. He's done this before. He's looked at his guys in his locker room and said, "This this one means a little bit more." Oh, this one means like a little bit more to me. Like it should that. mean a little bit more to you. Let's go get this one done. Oh, that would. He's gonna remind them of. He's gonna remind them of the Dez catch when he was there. He's gonna remind them of all that stuff. But more importantly, look, they outed me mid-season. Like 
That that just he'll it, say it, it like that. Oh, he's gonna let them know. know. He's gonna if you if you're a good coach, a good motivator, that's what you do. You gotta talk to your guys. Okay, so I want to talk to America right now. Here's the thing about live TV. I'm an active listener. Uh, I'm not just beholden to my notes. That right there almost convinced me to change my answer, bro. I started to get fired. I started to get fired up. So I'll reduce it. Luckily, the question is: Green Bay have any chance? I thought they had a good chance. I am going to reduce it down to decent chance on the strength of your soliloquy. That was pretty good. But here's why: because I also had an emotional component. There was a part of Aaron Rodgers' uh, interview with McAfee. It had a little bit of LeBron because I'm the best player in the world. That's why. A little bit of that. Just a little. Yeah, but He's that's, like, you know what? Because I'm, I'm, I'm still the reigning back-to-back MVP. I was like, ooh, I like that. Those usually haven't worked out for me. I'm just saying. Here's the other thing. And he, he went through each interception. You were in the red zone a bunch of times. Yeah, I, know you didn't the, get, I know you didn't get a lot of But you take those interceptions off the board. And then finally, get a little A.J. Dillon. If Aaron Jones is willing to go or can go, not willing to go, Cowboys run defense, not great. So you get Aaron Rodgers taking care of the ball. You start running the ball, and you look at your guy. Aaron Rodgers looks at the guys in the locker room and says, you know what, guys? I need this one. Oh, kind of like my Yeah, you do the same exact thing. Yeah, you do the same exact thing. I need this one. And then they ride. I would be shocked, Brew, if the Packers score 17 points. Shocked. Jeez. I'd be it's against Aaron this Rodgers. defense, against that. Shoot, they're only Rodgers. averaging about, what, 18 yeah. points a game? Exactly. Right. It wasn't, it's not that hot of a team. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, Greg, you were supposed you to have that low? number right there. But, yeah, that's correct. Uh, I mean, I don't see how they, they're able to move the ball. Look, I, y'all know I believe in Dallas, all right? I'm picking Dallas to win this game. But I don't think Wiles is as crazy as, as you, you guys bro. think. I mean, look. Their pass uh, blocking for Green Bay isn't that bad. Their run blocking is what they they have trouble doing. So the pass blocking is okay. Aaron Rodgers is going to be fired up. They need a win. He knows pretty much we've written him off now. He'd pretty much have to write him off if they lose this game. So I'm giving him a shot, Wilds. I'm picking Dallas, but I'm giving him a shot. Not writing the Packers off. That's official. Well, you, you, you lectured us well, uh, about us not writing the Bucks off. And you were like, their record, their record. And the Packers are now 3-6. and six. You're not writing them off. That's why you don't have a gavel. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's Tears coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. As you know, last night, a select and secretive committee of academics, advisors, And the jaded inventor of the smart toaster convened in Manhattan to burn the midnight oil and concoct what is known worldwide as the best segment in all of sports television. Television, I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Nick's Tears. Thank you very much, Kevin Wilds, and thank you to the committee. The committee last night, up late, Watching the election mm-hmm. and also up late amending our own constitution. Wow. We will show you why. Ooh. Let's go to the eliminated tier. So there's a new team, the Fighting Jeff Saturdays. They're, they're <laughs> right there at the bottom. Eliminated. But the constitutional yeah. amendment was you guys know the rules. Once you've been eliminated, you cannot be uneliminated. Yeah. We made an you exception. Say? I like oh. it. For Justin Fields. So dynamic, so exciting, we had to uneliminate him. So the constitutional amendment reads, if you have a quarterback who in his first three years rushes for 175 yards in a game, you can be uneliminated. So That's Bears, uneliminated. All right, okay. now to the tiers. Good rule, though. Single Good elimination. All of these teams, if they lose this week, they drop down to Oof. the eliminated part of the tiers. By the way, Rams, potentially without Matt Stafford, playing the Cardinals, potentially without a head coach. Well, they have one, but not really. That's a loser leaves town match. Cardinals, Rams, how about that? All right, next level. A prince, a unicorn, and a goat. Ooh, I like that. Trevor Lawrence is the prince. (laughs) The unicorn is Justin Fields. And the goat is not, of course, the baby goat. That's embarrassing, but Bill Belichick. Ah. These three teams 
all frisky, all a little dangerous right now, and all for very different reasons. For the Jags, it's obvious. For the Bears, it's because what is Justin Fields going to do next? And for the Patriots, they just had nine sacks. Matthew Judon is having the quietest 12-sack first half of the season anyone I've ever seen. All right, final playoff spot. Four teams, two conferences, two playoff spots. Chargers, Jets will be fighting for the seventh playoff spot in the AFC. Falcons, Bucks will be fighting for the NFC South. Those, these four teams, two of them will make the playoffs. Two of them will be the last team out of the playoffs fighting for the final playoff spot. No one actually believes these four teams are all going to be in the playoffs. And because of the quarterbacks on all four of these teams, mm. no one actually believes in them. With that said, of those four quarterbacks, Kirk, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, and Geno, Give me Gino or give me death. I believe in you, Gino. Wow. I believe in wow. Gino of those four teams. I think they could win the NFC West. I think they could be dangerous. Oh, Fred I Jennings. do believe in Gino, but thank you. This this is because I was once a member of the committee. Yeah, you were. I talked to some of the members on the committee. Wow. Oh, did you know that? I did. I didn't know that. I did, and I sent them wow. a couple memos last night, late last night, while yeah. they were all burning the midnight oil, mm-hmm. and I asked them all individually. Isn't it time that we start believing in Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings? I'm not asking you guys on the committee to move them. I'm just saying for the next time these tiers are presented, Mm -hmm. let's consider it. Mm -hmm. And this is my case. This was my case. Because when quarterbacks struggle, what does a good team do? They surround them with support. And that's what the Minnesota Vikings have done. Yep. 87 is a a number that you love because of your guy in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey. Well, we got an 87 now. And yes, I said we because I once wore wore the purple. (laughs) We have a guy now, 87, who is controlling the middle of the field. If you just turn to the evidence, controlling the middle of the field like a young Travis Kelsey. Oh, stop. Oh, tight end university. This is how you get it done. This is how you support what and who we don't believe in. You provide him with another weapon to where it adds value to what they already do have in a young Justin Jefferson Mm. and a Dalvin Cook that can run the ball and catch out of the backfield. All you have to do, Kirk, is just keep dancing on that plane (laughs) with the chains around your neck and keep winning because you know what? Eventually, they will come to your side. You are seven and one (laughs) with the potential to be eight and one. The second best record in all of football. Make them believe. It's something. Listen, if they win this week, by the way, if they beat Buffalo, it was was, was well done. 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 Here's the only, here's the issue. I don't believe a word you say. Well, well very, done. very quickly, these are tiers. What are they not? They're not the standings. They're not the standings. And if we're being honest, the Minnesota Vikings right now, the only reason anyone thinks they should be higher than where they are, and they're pretty high up on mm-hmm. the tiers, is because of the six straight wins. The six straight wins have all been one-possession games, and as Bruce said, they have all been against losing teams except for the win against Miami, which was a one-possession win, a one-score win against a team without Tua. So for those reasons, I think Minnesota is very good where they're at, but you made a very good case. I like that. All right. Scarily streaky. These teams, when they are when they are playing their brand of football, playing the way they want to play, mm-hmm. they look as good as any team in the league. Also, all, another reason all of these teams are scary, all of them have at quarterback. Either a guy who has won league MVP or a guy who has played in the Super Bowl. Well, check that. The Bills don't have that either, but everyone <laughs> pretends they do. So, for those, so those are – listen, this is about where we had the Bills last week, and everybody said the committee was crazy, bro. Okay. And then the committee was vindicated okay. by old Magic Mountain Josh Allen showing up in the Meadowlands. What's up? Look, Why do you look I, like I, I'm sorry. And, and, and my case will not be as easy to dismiss as that passionate speech by Greg. You just missed it. He made some good points. You just flouted told me I had to hurt. All right, here's the first thing. How are the Bills Uh any streakier than the Kansas City Chiefs, who I know are going to be obviously higher on the tiers, probably number one? I mean, the Bills have won four of their last five. The Bills have, they got the six, they're six and two, number one seed in the AFC. They've beaten Lamar. They've beaten Mahomes. They've beaten Aaron Rodgers, who's still the great Aaron Rodgers, all in a four-week span. They demolished Demolished, I said, the Tennessee Titans 
41 to 7, the Man, same Titans, no, actually not the same Titans, that just took the Chiefs to overtime with a backup quarterback who can't really right. throw. Yeah. Okay? So I, I just don't get. I mean, the Chiefs have lost to the Colts. We're talking about the Chiefs. And they lost to these Bills. Mm -hmm. So how are they any less streaky? Then the Bills, that, that's my beef. I get it. You, you got your favorite team and they're your tears with the committee. But how are they any less, any streakier than the uh, well, I Chiefs? Think, you know what? I think your actual, your case that you said will not be easily dismissed will be dispatched like a fly on my shoulder because you proved your own point wrong. You get you talked about all these incredible high highs for Buffalo. Look at who they have beaten Lamar. They have beaten Mahomes. They they washed out the Titans. They did all those things. You didn't even mention they beat the defending Super Bowl champs. Yet somehow they have two losses. Why is that the case? Why oh is it's this the football, case? it's the NFL. They're no, supposed to go undefeated. No, no, no. They're not supposed to go undefeated. However, the week to week, even half to half, dare I say drive to drive. There is not a level of consistency. Against the Green Bay Packers, they look like the best team in football for a half. They try to give the game away for a half. That's Against good. the Baltimore Ravens, they look awful for a half, then they look amazing. Against the Miami Dolphins, they play really, really excellent for the first 25 minutes of each half. And then the end of the first half, end of the second half, they forget how time-space continuum works. They are a streaky yeah, Chiefs, team. Chiefs they are just that. a streaky team. Chiefs Again, Brew. Say, if you would like to comment on the Chiefs, you should have waited until I got to the Chiefs. For all you know, I'm going to have the Chiefs very next time. don't know where the Chiefs are going to be. Uh, I got a good hunch. Okay, well, <laughs> let's hunch. wait and see. We'll all be surprised together. Next, <laughs> weekly dominance. These two teams both do one thing exceptionally well, and they lean on it. The Cowboys play great defense, and they lean on that week in, week out, and eventually it wears you out as the opposition. The Dolphins have two of the fastest receivers in football running all around the field, and by the end of the game, the other team's secondary cannot keep up. They can't even keep up with little floating ducks in the air from Tua. <laughs> they're still too winded. They can't get to them. And every <sighs> week that you know what they're going to try to do, and teams are not able to deal with it. 17-0 watch. It can't be dismissed. Really? It can't be. Given their wow. schedule, Woo. given their health, given their consistency on both sides of the ball, it cannot be dismissed that the Eagles go 17-0. And I'm here to tell you, at 17-0, I still won't be convinced they're going. <laughs> I mean, and ridiculous. finally, I, I agree. one team left, the inarguable favorite. Uh, when I say inarguable, by that I mean there is no argument against it. We all know they have the best player. They also now all of a sudden have one of the easiest paths. They also, Vegas is coming around. Mahomes, the MVP favorite, and the Chiefs right now are given more respect on the points better than any team in football. For all those reasons, oh, and what's that? The first round pick, Trent McDuffie, who was out for seven weeks, he now has not allowed a single catch all year. So the secondary is all of a sudden potentially a strength. Oh, my goodness. Did you see him shut down Malik Willis? Guy looked like he wasn't even a quarterback. <laughs> so there it is. The inarguable favorite. Exactly. Wilds, go okay, ahead. I have one petition to make. It's for Please. the New York football giants, who, by the way, did not lose to Jeff Saturday and the Colts. I know he wasn't there, but he was there in spirits when you guys lost him. First up, magic number 24, my guy, Saquon Barkley. When he touches the ball 24 times or more, Greg, the Giants are 5-0, less than 24, 1-2. I'm not telling Brian Dayball how to do his job, but Greg, just an idea, the first 24 plays. <laughs> get, sound logic. Sound plays. logic. You can't argue with it. Reason number two. Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale has got that defense playing better than they have in years. And Joe Judge, you're still my guy. I'm happy you're back in New England. But points per game, best since 2016. Pass yards per game, best since 2008. 2010, best third down rate red zone. 43% best since 2016. And finally, and this is my favorite one. It's nice and easy. And I, I think the committee usually does a good job at this, but sometimes the midnight oil is burning so hot, it gets late in the night. And actually, you're not really paying attention to out, like what's in the future. Giant schedule, have you seen it? Not too scary, let's just say. That 
Houston at home, then the Lions, then the Cowboys. So you're going to be 8-2 oh, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. And next thing you know, people are going to say that Week 12 game against the Cowboys. Oh, my goodness. Maybe the Eagles lose a game, but they don't go 17-0. Giants fighting for first place. Okay. okay, so you make a few compelling points until that last one. Your first two points are great ones. Saquon's okay. an excellent, excellent player. Good. Healthy once again. Yep. The defense has been great. It's why they're able to overcome the reason no one actually believes in them. Don't say That it. is their quarterback. He's Daniel playing Jones. okay. But he's the reason no one believes in them. And then the upcoming schedule, Kevin Wiles. Yeah. These are not a standing. I know that. They are also not a projection. They are a snapshot. I knew, Something I knew, for a time capsule. I knew they were On this date in NFL history, what is the best rankings of the teams? Yeah. You would take a picture <laughs> of it. It is not saying, well, next week they're probably going to win. I know, so I next like week they could move up. Project a little. Okay, bit. well, that's not what the committee does. And that's why you haven't been invited to be a part of it despite Ooh, three years. That one cut deep. Ouch. Sorry. That one cut deep. <laughs> hey, Isaiah and MJ, still feuding. We give the update on this 30-year <laughs> In other breaking news, Isaiah Thomas still mad. In a simmering beef that has been on the stove for 30 years, Isaiah Thomas went on the record about his relationship with MJ. Take a listen. When I was watching The Last Dance, I'm I'm sitting there, I'm watching it with my with my family, and I'm I'm thinking everything's good. And then this guy comes on television and he says that. He hates me, and then he calls me an And then I proceed to watch a whole documentary about him being an <laughs> You know, I'm like, wait a minute, time out. But no, it's, you know, you, and until I get public apology, you know, we, uh, this, this beef's gonna go on for a long, long time. Because I'm from the west side of Chicago. I mean, can I tell you something? I know we always do like the NBA TV things and people squash beefs. Right. I don't know if I want this beef squash. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> I love it. You like it? I love it. it. And, and Isaiah's right. George, like, can we be honest about something? Yeah, please. Isaiah is maybe the oh, There's a reason Jordan has such disgust for Isaiah. Isaiah's the only guy from his era that kind of has something over him. So Bird always beat Jordan in the playoffs, but nobody looked at that as a fair fight. It was, it was Jordan's Bulls. They were brand new, yep. terrible team. You didn't have Pippen, you know what I mean, for those series. And Bird's teams were awesome, right? Isaiah played him four times in the playoffs, won three of those series. Overall, the record's 12-10. and 10. And... Yes, Jordan got the last one, and they swept him that year. But Isaiah was not on a super team. Isaiah, Now, I'm not disrespecting the Pistons. You know the respect I have for those teams. But there wasn't another superstar there. There wasn't another top 50 player there. Now, there was top 75 because they put Rodman on there, but he wasn't there originally. Isaiah's the one guy that played in Jordan's prime in his era. Mm Mm-hmm. That can that Jordan knows he would never admit it, but that Isaiah can look him in the eye and say, "I got the better of you," I, I, I and I know it hurts you, Blue, but you <laughs> no, love Zeke. I've heard it from Isaiah himself. Oh. <laughs> but it, am I wrong? Well, I'm not saying he's a better player. No one yeah, thinks he's yeah, a better player. Yeah. Isaiah will tell you. In a, I don't know if you'd say it on national television. He is beaten. <laughs> he, he's beaten Bird, Magic, and Michael. Like he, 11 he, series he, against those three guys, 7-4 and four record in the series, 35-26 and 26 overall against super teams. There you go. Right. And he didn't have teams. one. And he didn't have one. So, and he's like, 5'11". I think Isaiah privately thinks he's a GOAT. But, <laughs> no, but I mean, so, so that's, that's somewhat fair. It's kind of like Steph has it over LeBron. Mm-hmm. I mean, three, four series they met in, three of them Steph won. But here's the thing, and this is tough because I'm I, – obviously I grew up both of these guys were basketball heroes of mine. When I was younger, I know both of them pretty well. I, I think consider both of them friends. Um, but it, I, this is not going to end. Like, because Michael's not going to go and give a public I apology. I would like to publicly apologize yes. to Isaiah it's, Thomas. I, right. I, I don't see that You happening. stumbled on something there. Super interesting. You use the Steph LeBron thing, and I'm not. The, I, I'm actually going to agree with you for the most right, part. Right. Like it's they played four series. Steph won three of them. The now the team dynamics they, are different, but right. also one nobody actually nobody thinks that 
Steph's an all-time greater player than LeBron, just like nobody thinks Isaiah's an all-time greater player than Jordan. Also, the two little guys, the only two right. little guys to ever lead a team to a championship, those two guys. So let's stay with that for a second. If of all the guys LeBron ever played against, he had a grudge against Steph and always S-talked him, and it was known that he hated him, wouldn't it feel like, oh, it's because you're upset because he holds something over you? But it remember, would, and that's what it is with Jordan. Now Isaiah denies it, but remember, a lot of this stems from the, the dream. Supposedly, well, not just a dream thing. Supposedly, Isaiah denies it. Supposedly, Isaiah froze Jordan out of his first All Star mm-hmm. game. That's where this supposedly started. And then, of course, Isaiah not, you know, shaking his hand, congratulating them when they did get swept. Joe Dumars went and shook Jordan's hand. So. It's not – I don't know if it's because Isaiah – because obviously Jordan, I mean, 6-0, and he got the last laugh. But I, I, it's, it's more than just that, I I think. know, but it is I, – I agree with you, Wilds. I'm glad it hasn't gone away. That's great. I it's hope it doesn't, go, doesn't away. go away. But I also think that it is – there are not many things that Michael Jordan has any reason to be – I don't want to call it insecure, but – What about the Hornets? Une- okay, sure. <laughs> Uneasy about from his playing career. Mm-hmm. And I, anything that he is uneasy about, Isaiah is either directly involved with or kind of related to. And I think that's one of the reasons he don't like him. Okay. It's a great beef, though. It's a nice, harmless it's beef. It's a beef. It's just yeah, it is harmless. And, and it elevates right, Isaiah. Right. Isaiah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. The last dance elevated Isaiah. We knew how great he was, but I don't think everybody the general knew public how great he was. Yeah, great. Yeah. The win for it. What is this yeah, team? I agree. Has LeBron lost his spark? Yeah. What is that? Well, we're talking about spark. Medals time. I'm sorry, sorry about that. But there was no NBA games. So we decided to update you on the standing yeah. with the gold, Luca. Well, no, so with the most points. The most points, Gold Luka. is worth five points. And with the silver worth medal. Three, bronze is worth one. <laughs> and can I be honest here? Yeah. The medals, which is not done by committee, it is done by me personally. That is a almost perfect snapshot of who's been the best players in the league through the first SGA. three weeks of the year. Yeah, I mean, SGA's been great. He's been great. I, I bruised guy Laurie Markin and just missed out. Nah, but Luca, <laughs> Steph, Ja, SGA, and Giannis, who is the best player in basketball, but has not been statistically dominant night in, night out, it's great medal standings. It's just great standings. There's no way around it. I mean, this is, you're also seeding the soil with look who the MVP should be. Well, according to my medal. My large adult Slovenian son, and I'd win $60,000. So I'm, just, you know, I'm, I'm out wow, there. On good it. win. Uh, tonight's game, 2-8 and eight <laughs> Lakers play the 6-5 and five Clippers. We're playing drawing a blank. Brew, tonight's Lakers-Clippers game is what? Intriguing. Oh. All right, we know Kawhi, is he, is he listed as out? Yeah, Kawhi. Kawhi's not, yeah, yeah, Kawhi's not, a, not a factor. LeBron, I'm, I'm concerned about the foot. All right. Oh, he's not definitely playing, right, LeBron? Tonight. He's planning on playing. Okay, we'll so the I want to know, is this foot thing something that's going to He said the only way he's going to be resting, he can't rest. Right, so, he, and he's only shooting 21% from the three. I hard. think that could be related to the foot. Can, so I'm going to be watching LeBron James close. Can I say, to me, this is not about tonight's game. It is about I, the Lakers won a title, and it, thank God they did because – Lawrence Frank's job on constructing a roster that is six and five with no Kawhi Leonard this year, with no Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. he's played forty minutes, compared to the Rob Belinka's job at constructing a roster that has had LeBron James, and Anthony Davis there for the vast majority of the season. It is just one guy is great at his job and the other guy is throwing darts. The Clippers have surrounded Kawhi and Paul George with enough quality players that play modern basketball that even (laughs) when Kawhi is out for 15 months, the Clippers do not sink to the lowest of depths that the Lakers have gotten to immediately. Do you think this can be a LeBron game where he turns it on? We don't think he can turn it on for... You know, eighty-two games, but this seems like it should be one. I don't know. I think. I think. Do I think he still has that ability? I do. Do I? I the foot is a question. That how how injured. Let is me the foot? ask you this, Nick. The picks. 
Those those picks are getting more valuable. I know. By the yeah, that's another discussion for another day. We don't have time right. for it. They, they they said they would trade you him. You need to slow down on that Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Buddy Hughes. That's today's show. Oh, the committee stayed late yesterday and did a tiers of FS1 personalities. Oh. Joy Taylor at the top. <laughs>